Hey, you're listening to Be Your Best with Phil Haugen, where we explain the methods that help bridge the language barrier between horse and rider. Our goal with each episode is to provide you with the training philosophies that will help you to be your best every day. Hey everybody, this is Phil Haugen. Thanks for joining me for this episode of Be Your Best Horsemanship. And this morning, the sun is just fixing to come up. I've got a good cup of coffee that I'm finishing up. And we've got horses getting saddled and we're ready to fixing to get at it here in a little bit. But uh, what I want to talk to you about today, a topic that uh, has become oh, more in the forefront for me this week than maybe it has been in a while. Earlier this week, or this last weekend, and I also had to go to a wedding, my niece got married, and my horses had had, uh, some of of them had had four days off. And, you know, and it's been cold, we've had some snow, it's been cool. And when I started back on those horses Monday morning, you know, they're fresh, they're full of feed, it's cool. It made me, it kind of reminded me how important getting collection back is. That's one of the first things, and I I don't know that I've ever talked about this topic in this way before, but collection is one of the first things you're going to lose when your horse has time off. And earlier this week on a Zoom call that we have monthly with our online training community um, we talked about that a lot and it's uh, we're all in the same boat this time of year when it when it comes to the holidays and it comes to days when weather dictates what you're able to do which this time of the year with shorter days cooler temperatures you know we've been getting a ton of moisture I mean which is just a blessing but I don't ever remember being this wet and muddy this time of year um, since I've been here and I've been here since uh, at this place I've been here since the fall of 99 so it's uh which which, you know we have you know we have good facilities and our barns are good but the runs are still wet as heck and it's it's uh it, it makes the day more challenging because you're you're catching horses in in the soppy you know muddy mess um but uh and that in turn, when it's cooler like that, it changes the way horses are. Um, they're fresher, or they are here anyway, because we feed real good. And just like a horse here that the weather gets cool and they've got four or five days off, uh, yeah, there's there's a really good chance they're going to they're gonna be fresh. Um, and obviously, they're all in training, so um, obviously, they're not finished horses. So... You know, we talked about it on our Zoom call earlier this week where several trainers get on there and talk about their experiences. And it's just a really, it's just a wonderful group of people. And it's really interesting. And it's really a good reminder for me to, to especially talk about this topic of collection. And, of course, everybody's heard the word collection. Everybody thinks they got plenty of collection. And, and the truth is, you know, most of us don't have good enough collection with our horses. There were several colts Monday morning that told me my foundation and my collection is not good enough. 
because Monday morning those horses were tugging on my hands a little bit and some of them tugged on my hands pretty good well that right there is telling you telling me and hopefully I'm the only one that has this challenge but I'm pretty sure I'm not the only one they're telling me that 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 foundation that simple fundamental of lateral and vertical softness is not good enough because you think about it if you don't have that lateral and vertical softness we really especially with speed we we really don't have anything you know and and also think of it like this whatever you know walking around and i see this a lot of times at my clinics um I will demonstrate one of the level one fundamentals, whether it be lateral softness, one rein stop, you know, whatever, vertical flexion at a walk. You know, a lot of times I'll see somebody do it once or twice and then, then they're good. And, you know, I'll make the point that it takes hundreds, if not thousands of repetitions to create and maintain those fundamentals you know just think about it like this okay whatever so when you're walking your horse around I don't know what speed that is it might be one or two miles an hour go ahead okay whatever whatever that is okay at a dead run going 30 miles an hour that fundamental has to be 30 times better you know we think about it everybody's arch nemesis in the performance events is speed and it could be as simple as like uh, I talked about in an earlier podcast I've got a really good really nice play gun gelding for a customer of mine in North Dakota and uh, he's he's still green in a lot of areas but that horse had got a ton of potential and a ton of ability but even like with that horse where he's gonna go home ranch They'll probably at some point rope on him, I'm sure, but um, he's going to go home and ranch, sort cattle, drag calves. Um, There's going to be times that, you know, they're going to have to get out of a walker or trot to go get a job done. Well, in that situation, just like in the roping or the barrel racing or whatever event or discipline you pick, when you ask for that speed, even though we we are at that speed a small percentage of the time when that horse is getting rode we still got to have great control and and the control is you got to be able to control your horse's feet just simply put i mean that bridle rein has got to be like it is connected to those horses feet and you know even when you're getting that collection when I'm collecting that horse and I'm, I'm softening that horse laterally or vertically and I'm driving that horse up into the bridle, think about your release being with the foot movement, meaning when that horse picks up its foot to, to bend laterally, be ready to release. Because initially, if you start to release with the foot movement, the rest of that softness will all come if you hold on to that too long then that horse never realizes where that release is and and if anything they'll get slower with their foot movement you know controlling 
controlling our horse's feet is everything. But if all you focus on is controlling their feet and not putting that horse's body in a position to where it makes it easy for them to control their feet, meaning find the response we're asking for, it's, uh, it makes it very difficult for them. Because like we've talked about before, and it, it depends on, it depends on um, your discipline and, and your horse, because earlier this week I was listening to a training tip from Al Dunning, and he was talking about breed specific horses, meaning horses that are bred specifically for your discipline, okay, or for a discipline. Well, I mean, that, you know, there are some disciplines where horses are bred to be um, quicker footed. They're bred to where they operate on their hindquarters all the time. They're bred to be big, strong stoppers, big, strong turners. Um, some horses, some disciplines are bred to run really fast. You know, um, he was talking about you're, you're not going to breed a horse to be 14 hands and go over five foot jumps normally. You're not going to breed horses to be 17 hands and do a, do a reining pattern or a cow horse pattern normally. I mean, it, you know, we, we breed horses today are breed specific to a point and so because of that because we the way we produce them there are things that are easier for them to do and there are things that are more challenging for them to do and those are things we got to re you have to realize that with your horse understand our strengths understand our weaknesses but the one thing for me in the performance events no matter, no matter the confirmation, physical ability, discipline for, for the horses I ride in the performance events, the rodeo events, the speed events, you know, you have to, that horse has to understand collection and lateral softness. You know, this week has been full of working on fundamental softness through correct repetitions. And, you know, that's the thing we get away from. Um, me personally, every once in a while, I drift away from it. You know, it was, it was good to have those days off to where I come back and I'm in a situation, like I said, where they've been on feed for four days, on full feed for four days. They are full. It's cold. It's wet. They're fresh. You know, it's a great litmus test meaning it's a great test to tell me where I need to be better with them. It's, it, it, it doesn't show me their weaknesses so much. It shows me where I have been weak with them. And, and sometimes, uh, well, for me personally, um, sometimes that's a, that is a really good um, reminder slash gut check for me is you know what um a little constructive criticism especially coming from a horse um because if you're a good listener they'll tell you they'll tell you where they're weak which in turn means that's where you're weak and you know we uh everybody deals with that everybody deals with that just like on our zoom call earlier this week like i said we had 
I think we had a dozen or so trainers on there and people that are all at different phases in their training career in this industry um, from young to from young to to more mature like myself that's what I call when you get older I just get more I just call it maturing in years and uh, you know we all uh, we all learn that at our own pace but uh, the quicker we learn that and the quicker I learned that it immediately changed my training program because you know when that that old saying that honesty is the best policy is absolutely correct honesty is the best policy whether you're being honest with somebody else or you're being honest with yourself I mean there have been times where I think we all go through or or here again I'm just gonna speak for myself you know you go through the fake it till you make it um, period in your life and and I and I don't think there's anything wrong with that because I think you gotta believe you can get to a level and you have to act like you are at that level before you'll ever get to that level. I mean, you, you've got to believe that you can do it. And, and there is uh, nothing wrong with that. Um, everybody, everybody needs to expect more of themselves. Um, because if you expect more of yourself, you will give more of yourself. And I have just, you know, example after example, I could give you example after example of that being true with me. Um, when I felt like I didn't have any more to give, I found some more to give, and and uh, it, and then and it accelerates you to a whole different level, um, different phase in your life and your training. And and you know these Colts this week have, uh, as always, I'm I'm always trying to learn. And I'm always trying to be a better listener and be, um, you know, what they say, you'll get a lot more out of being interested than interesting. Um, Just like those those horses this week, they don't care nothing about what my house looks like that I live in. They don't care nothing about what kind of vehicle I drive or what kind of a trailer I'm going to put them in they don't care anything about that they the only thing they care about is is our communication between me and them and and then the way they act is based off of of off of that relationship and that communication and it's just like those colts monday morning and there's obviously here i have horses at all different levels in training and so the challenge there is is to understand that if you ride your very best horse the first horse of the day don't let yourself fall into the trap that the rest of the day you're disappointed because you've compared those horses to that other to the first horse you rode which happens to be your best horse the challenge there is understand that once you step off that horse you got to hit that reset button and get on that next horse because some of those horses their collection was pretty darn good and some of those horses their collection was just decent okay at best but 5 10 15 minutes into that session 
they started to soften, their feet started to get lighter, their back started to relax and get round, they started to crawl up underneath themselves, started to step around willingly. You know, um, it's all about, all about that communication and helping them through correct repetitions and reinforcement of that fundamental helping them understand what response I'm looking for. And and the big challenge there is too, and for me, and this will hold true for most of you, the big challenge there is, you know, when there is a little break in time there between training sessions, understanding that getting getting stronger right off the bat is, is not gonna get you to where you wanna go faster. Sometimes being softer, being firm but fair. Um, that's the term I like to use. I, I'm going to be firm, but, I, but I'm going to be fair. Meaning, if I ask and, and you show me some effort and give me a little bit, I'm going to release. And then when I ask, you show me a little effort, I'm going to release. Well, pretty soon that horse is hunting that release. And then you can start to do a little more. Now, if right off the bat, I reach down my rein an extra six inches, bring it to my leg, you know, pull on it, I mean, put more pressure on it, more contact um, to the point where it could be considered contact or pain, um, you're gonna, your horse is going to freeze up. Your horse is going to defend itself. That, that's, when, that's when all the bad things can happen, okay? So being, uh, and, and, you know, and I'll be the first to admit, through this week, because those horses for a while here, they hadn't, they hadn't had time off like that. You know, when I'm off doing a clinic, I'm always going to miss three or four days on those horses. And that, that's why my training program, what I do is, you know, it's based on a per day cost split between feed and training. And so that I don't have to feel bad the days I'm gone because, you know, they don't, you're not charged for training on those days. I mean, the way my schedule is, that's the only way I can do it. I couldn't feel right charging by the month and then being gone 10 or 12 days out of the month. I mean, that, that's not, that's not fair to the customer and it's not fair to me because they're then the whole time I'm just worried about, I'm always trying to play catch up. I'm always trying to play catch up. Well, um, this way when I get, you know, I may not get, 20 or 25 rides in every month, but the rides I get in are quality, you know, and that, that's what I have to um, focus on. And, and that's one of the things we talked about in our Zoom meeting earlier this week with our training community is, you know, understand that when you have those breaks and understand when you, you know, miss five days and then you get a chance to go work your horse and ride. Uh, understand, don't try to make up those five days in that one day. That That's really and truly, that's about the worst thing you can do because you'll end up going backwards. And, uh, you know, if you, you miss five days, say you've had 20 great days on a horse and then you miss five days and then you go back and you ride and you want to make up those five days in that, and that day turns out to be kind of a nightmare because, you know, if we're being honest, we've all been there. 
Okay, after that day, when you come back the next day, the hor your horse is not going to associate you with those 20 good days you had prior to that one bad day. They're going to associate you with that bad day. And that's just the way a horse's mind works. It's, it's And it's no different than us. If I'm around somebody for a month and everything's great, and then I'm around them one day and they're an absolute basket case, psycho, you know, you don't know what they're going to do next. Okay, the next day when I see them, what am I going to remember about them? I'm going to remember the day they were a psycho. You know, that's how our horses are with us. You know, I always, I always got to remind myself of that. And, and just like with any training session, I personally, I start slow. I start with fundamentals. I make sure... I'm getting the responses I'm asking for in the middle of the training session. I'll ramp it up, might provide more pressure, might be an exercise that's a little more aerobic. But then at the end, I always try to end with simple exercises where my horse is, I, I really try to end on their strengths so that I ask, they know the response I'm asking for every time I'm able to release. Every time I release, it builds confidence. And that's the way I end, leave that horse. The other thing I always do, like this week, I've been in the riding barn all week because it's been so wet. The other thing I do is I always get off, uncinch them, take my bridle off, whatever I've got on them at the far end of the barn and I walk back to the gate. And, you know, when I, when I uncinch them and I take the bridle off, I pet them on the head, pet them on the neck, love on them, and then I just turn and walk off. I mean, the worst thing that's gonna happen is they don't follow you. The, the best thing, you know, the best case scenario is they follow you back to the gate. When they walk back to the gate, we stop, I hang my bridle up, put the halter on them, pet on them, lead them out. You know, twofold benefit there. Number one, when you get when I get off at the far end of the barn, that becomes a release point. Well, horses always want to go to the gate. Okay. So when I get off them at the far end of the barn, I make that a release point, meaning they're gonna like that end of the barn. They're not going to always want to be going up to the gate. The second benefit is I use the gate for a magnet and that gate is like a magnet between me and the horse. I'm headed to the gate. So even if it's the gate drawing the horse that direction, I don't care because before long, they're going to associate me walking off with me, them walking to the gate. You see what I'm saying? So, you know, just, just little things like that, that leave that horse's association with you in a good way at the end of the day. We had, uh, we had one trainer in our, in our training group this week where she'd had several rides on a horse. And then there was a situation with a panel where maybe the, I think the horse bumped the panel, the panel fell, it scared her. Um, she either fell off or got bucked off. Um, and anyway, it was a 
you know, it was a it was a situation where we look at at as at it as a panel falling and horse getting scared. The horse literally felt like they were in a situation where they could die. And when they get in that situation, they're gonna they're gonna sell out on you. And I just like uh, we were talking about in our training group, you know, same same situation. The the unfortunate part about that is, you know, her question was, you know, what do I do now? And my answer was, start over, start over, because you got to start over and build that confidence again, to where you were at before that incident happened, and hopefully, that confidence will slowly, slowly you know, offset that insecurity and replace it because same situation there. It's like being around the person that's great for, you know, two, three weeks or a month. And then all of a sudden they wig out and they're a total psycho. That's the day you remember. That's what you remember about that person. Well, just like with this horse, they associate that situation with her and you have to go back and rebuild that now everything's fixable everything's fixable um you know unless it's you know physical or structural or you know whatever but as far as as far as that mental fear that that you know anxiety that's associated with that we we can overcome that the bad news is it's not going to happen overnight trust because when an it, when a situation like that happens, it absolutely just obliterates any trust they had in you. And, you know, that association of you with everything's going to be okay, I'm not going to die, it's, you know, they like you, they want to be with you, all that goes away. That, that exists no more. So that trust, um, I always talk about trust, trust is... Trust is earned, not owed. I don't owe anybody my trust. Your horse doesn't owe anybody their trust. You know, trust is earned, not owed. You know, there's quite a few people I trust. And there's a whole lot of people I don't trust. And it's not because they're not good people. It's because, you know, I they haven't earned it. I don't, you know, I don't feel like I owe that. It's like, you know, it's like uh, I remember back the first time I took Hannah to daycare and I took her one time and she cried and reached for me and and uh, I had to go shoe horses and I left her there and it was horrible. And I got home that night and I told Bridget, I, I ain't doing it. I can't do it again. I, I can't. Number one, I... You know, they hung their shingle out that they were a daycare and, and everything was fine. It was, but at the same time, they hadn't earned my trust. You know, it's just like with your kids. Do you trust just anybody to take care of your kids? No. Trust is earned, not owed. So, you know, just think of some of those things the next time you get on your horse, you go to work your horse and and they've had a little break. And even if they haven't had a little break, at the very least, they've all had about a 24-hour break. You know, and so every time we get on, we got to remind ourselves of that. Regain that trust. 
work on those fundamentals, get that lateral and vertical softness back, and then you can put that horse in a position to be successful. So just some things that have been on my mind. Um, I hope you all have a great week of training. Um, thanks for listening. We appreciate all of you. God bless. And as always, be your best. Hey everybody, today's episode of Be Your Best Horsemanship is brought to you by our awesome sponsors, Classic Equine, Martin Saddlery, Cinch, Perina, Healthy Coat, Starbar, Clarify, and Better Horses TV. These brands have been a part of our program for many years and their products continue to play a very important role in the success of our performance horse training program. To support these brands, please head over to philhaugenhorsemanship.com and click on our sponsors tab.